Feels so good. Out here in Mountain, it's a real good morning. I bet these birds gobble probably right. close to a hundred times. Tater rocking season, boys. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Ryan Greathouse. This is the Stress South Podcast, and we're on episode 51. Um, today, we've got Nathan Moore and Justin Doman. We talked to both of them guys about some predator control, mostly coyote stuff. Um, we kind of mentioned some other predators, which they kind of hunt all predators, really. I mean, any kind of nuisance animal um, or predator, they, they'll they gladly come and take care of them for you. Um, they're with Peach State Predator Hunting, and you can check them out. Um, they go on their Facebook, you know, get, get in touch with them. And get in touch with me if you got a property that you think has predators or say you got a property that's got a bunch of hogs or you got a bunch of coyotes and you're trying to get rid of them and you can't do it yourself um you can get in touch with those guys and they will do it for you um but yeah we get into this one and talk to them about all kind of tips and tactics and stuff like that that they do um aside from the podcast uh y'all know what to do if you haven't done so please go Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It'll really help us out. Um, we're trying to go hunting and put some footage on YouTube, but it's just not in the cards right now. Um, especially for me, I I have no reason to go hunting. Um, if I go right now, I'd be doing more harm than good. Um, I just don't have deer showing up on the cameras right now for some reason. I have no idea why, but it's just not, right now it's, it's not good. It's, I mean, it's just no, there's no way to beat around the bush about it. It's just not good. <laughs> so hopefully it'll get better here in the next few weeks and we'll get in the woods and we'll go hunting. But in the meantime, we'll listen to the podcast. Hope y'all enjoy. All right, everybody. We got Nate and Justin on here with us. What's up, guys? Hey, Ryan. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'll, I'll be doing better once this, once this heat, once it starts cooling off. Oh yeah, I understand that. I'm uh, I'm about tired of these this 90 degree weather every day. Um, I don't. Um, was kind of, we were kind of talking right before we started, but I, I hadn't been hunting. Uh, 
like y'all y'all said y'all hadn't really been deer hunting either. Um, I just ain't got nothing. I ain't got really no reason to go really right now. Not because of the heat, but I just ain't got deer showing up on my cameras like I want them to be. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I usually I've I've got deer coming in right now, but right now it's 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 pretty it's pretty slim. It's been pretty pretty rough. Uh, I think it's been a pretty rough summer for them. Yeah, I think it has. I think this heat's got a little bit to do with their movement, especially as dry as it's been here lately in Georgia. Yeah, we ain't had no rain. I think that's the biggest thing. It's we need the rain, man. We need rain bad. I don't know. I don't know when the last time it was it rained. Yeah, I couldn't. It's got to be at least a month and a half. If not two months. Yeah. Or one week since we got enough for it to matter. I think we've we've probably had a shower, I think, like the first of September. But I don't think it did anything. But, but no, we wanted to get you all on here. And we was going to talk about some uh, predator hunting and just talk about the ins and the outs of it all. And, um, but. Before we get into all that, I guess uh, Nate, Justin, both of y'all, I guess, kind of give a give a, I guess, like a bio or like a, if you had like a sixty second interview, just uh, tell us what uh, what y'all got going on. All right. Uh, I'll start off. I reckon uh, name Nathan Moore, owner of Peach State Predator Hunting, and. Uh, you know, I started it several years ago and didn't really know what I was doing, but, you know, it's kind of taken off from there and learned a lot along the way. And I'm Justin Doman. Uh, I've been hunting with Nathan since uh, since he started this little deal. Uh, like he said, you know, didn't really know what we was fully getting into, but, you know, over the years of learning and Everything, you know, I think we've come to understand just a little bit more as to how everything works and how coyotes work and everything like that. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of weird because I think I think a lot of people they got kind of an idea, and I mean, it's I guess some things can be kind of elementary about it, you know, but I think some things are. A little bit more in depth, and I think, I think mainly that's because you know, people, coyotes kind of a confusing animal. Um, people may not think they're as smart as they are. Oh yeah, and you know that's the thing is, is a lot of people you know whether it's on TV or YouTube, whatever they, you know they see see all these little clips of people hunting coyotes and stuff like that, and you know. They, make it look easy and but once you get out there in the field you know it, it takes this it's a lot of learning and i mean it's just like anything where the deer are turkey you know you gotta learn the animal that you're hunting and, and you know you just gotta i guess in a way you gotta outsmart them to hunt them so but that's one thing since since i started you know i i definitely gained a lot of respect for for the coyote as far as how hard they can be to hunt because heck we learn something new every time we go out in the field. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, we'll do our rapid fire right quick, and then we'll get into talking some hunting predators. Um, both of y'all just kind of just give me the, you, your quickest answer that you first thing that pops in your head. Um, all right, uh, Superman or Batman? Superman, yeah, Superman. All right, uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Butter pecan, chocolate chip cookie dough. Mm. Both of them sound pretty good. Um, let's see, uh, coffee black or with creamer? Black, either way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Favorite Waffle House meal? I mean, of course, that's the all store. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. I'm going to agree with that, the all store. <laughs> yeah. And you can, you can add, you get your own by putting whatever you want on there. So, <laughs> yeah. I like, I like getting my, I like getting my hash browns scattered, covered, smothered, chunked. <laughs> um, all right, last one. Uh, favorite? Well, I don't know. I guess I guess this could be either favorite or best. I don't know. Um, favorite caliber of gun for coyotes? Well, uh, I'm partial right now to the 223. I mean, uh, a lot of a lot of ones out there is good for it. But that's what I'm partial to. Yeah, and I mean, I got. I'm with him on that also, but I'm still testing a six five Brundle right now, so we'll just wait and see how the outcome on that is. Hmm. Okay. So is that what is that uh what's the is that different than the six five Creedmoor? Yeah. The the Creedmoor is in a AR ten platform which is like your 308s and stuff like that, versus the Grendel is actually in a AR-15 platform. So say if you got a 223 upper and you want to buy a 6.5 Grendel, well, you can clip the 6.5 Grendel onto your lower that you have for your 223. Oh, I got you. It's a little bit heavier bullet. Uh, it don't move as fast as the 223s. But it's a little bit heavier grain bullet. Right. <clears throat> All right. Well, and that's kind of what we wanted to get y'all on here about. You know, we wanted to talk. I thought I thought it was a good time to kind of. I mean, because I'm sure we'll talk about. I guess all predators in some form or fashion. But I'm sure we'll talk more about the coyote than anything. Um, but I thought it was a good time to get y'all on here to talk about it, since how pretty much all around the country deer season either just came in or it's about to come in. And, uh, I mean, that's really people that don't, you know, hunt predators or hunt coyotes. Um, this is really the time that they will start. If they see something, they're going to shoot it or they may, it may be somebody that, you know, really didn't do a whole lot of predator control, and uh, now they're getting into the woods and starting to go deer hunting, and they're thinking, well, maybe I should have done some predator control. Um, I just thought it'd be a good time to, to talk about it. 
Um, I guess to start it off, um, what uh, what's like the biggest? Wait a minute. How do I want to go with this? All right. So let's let's start off with say somebody's never hunted coyotes or well we'll start with coyotes but say somebody's never hunted coyotes or never even thought about trying to go and shoot them or whatever so say you had a property how would you how would you go about finding out which i mean we all know there's coyotes on every property but how would you find out if they were a problem well, you, you know, one thing you can look at is going to be, uh, is first off, you know, you know, are you seeing them pretty regular? Uh, that'll kind of let you know, you know, if you do have a, a good little population of them, if you're seeing them quite regular out, you know, moving throughout the property and everything. And, and even if you're not seeing them, uh, you know, if you got road beds and stuff like that that's going through your property, I mean, you know, looking at all the tracks and, and everything else. And, are you finding, you know, dead critters, whether that be turkeys or, or baby fawns or, or even on cattle properties, you know, finding dead calves or anything like that? That would, that would probably be the, the first thing that I would look at to create yeah. a problem with them. Yeah. Now, you said, you said something about cows. I think that's, I think that's a really big one, too. Like, if you got cows, you definitely gonna have coyotes. And, um, and I've I've seen some places. Do you, have have you noticed like if um, are the coyotes really out there for the cows, or are they just out there mainly trying to get the calves and trying to get the placenta and all that after they have calves? Yeah, well, that's with the cows and all. That's kind of what they're after. Uh, is mainly the newborn calves. And the afterbirth of the calves, uh, because they see it as a easy target being a, a newborn calf, you know, not being able to get away as, as you know, your bigger calves are. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember I was turkey hunting one time, and I wanted to shoot that joker so bad. I seen a couple of coyotes come out in pasture with some cows, and one of them was solid black. And, uh, I wanted to shoot that joker so bad, and I got close to him. I seen him several times, but I seen him come out that one time. He come out there with them cows, man. Them cows, they just they didn't care. They didn't have a care in the world that he was out there. But and they was surprisingly, there was some calves out there too. And uh, but he didn't he didn't mess with them, and uh, they just stood there and stared at him. He was walking twenty yards from him. <laughs> oh yeah, and we we've, we've kind of seen that happen before. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if we get out on the property, you know, because, I mean, we do hunt a lot of cattle farms and stuff like that. And, I mean, you know, we see that quite regular. You know, we call them in and stuff like that. The, the coach, you know, they'll they'll mingle right through the cows. And, you know, they don't – cows don't even have time pay them no attention. But, you know, I mean, there's just all that always that potential for the coach to cause a problem for – the farmers and stuff like that with their livestock. Right. Um, so, and, and y'all got some footage actually. And, uh, it's, and we'll, I mean, I'm sure we'll plug it a couple of different times, but y'all got some pretty cool footage, especially that night footage, man, with that, 
with the infrared stuff on there, man. That's that's some cool stuff. Um, so, with that said, kind of, what do y'all, what do y'all kind of do? Like, what's a, I guess when y'all are about to go out and go out on a hunt, what's what does that look like? Well, uh, you know, first off, it, it just like deer hunting, you got to fool that coyote's nose. So, scent control is a is definitely a big thing. You know, we we don't spray down with scent killer and stuff like that and try to be as scent free as possible because that coyote's nose is his greatest asset and every time you call one in he's i don't care you know how many of them you call in they're going to come in from the downwind side of you and uh you know so i mean majority of time we pull up into a property and of course we got the easy go golf cart that we get around on while we're on the properties but you know, we're going to get off and, and see. We're going to scan with the thermals and just make sure there's nothing out there before we even go into the property. Uh, and, you know, from there, it's just going to be trying to figure out what what our best setup is going to be based on, you know, whether we're, you know, in a in timberland or, or out in a pasture. Uh, just try to figure out what our best setup is going to be. And, you know, going in the whole time, one of us is going to be scanning constantly with a thermal because, heck, we kill more coyotes going into a property, seeing them, you know, as we're going in than, you know, actually sitting there calling, I would say. Yeah, I would I would say that too. Uh, now, man, it's, 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 <laughs> it's kind of messing me up. Y'all both sound just alike. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what – do you, so with the calling and stuff, do y'all do that more, or do y'all? Like I know some people have hunted over carcasses and stuff like that, but um, what what do y'all prefer to do? Yeah, I mean we we definitely you know we call them. We don't you know we never really sitting over bait sites or I guess that'd be what you would consider it as a you know farmer's got a dead cow or anything like that. We you know, we we typically don't go sit over them or anything. We we strictly call on them. Yeah. Do um. Now, now don't they and they because they kind of hunt in packs, I guess. Like, um, can kind of explain that. Like, how do they how do they hunt? Well, I mean, you know, typically they they you know just from from what I would say is our experiences you know we we typically don't see i guess you want to call it the the actual pack uh you know actually going out like that and and hunting per se i mean 90 percent of the time you're going to only be calling in one or two coats at a time they uh you know i think that's a i ain't gonna say a misconception but you know i I hear it all the time from property owners they're like man hey you know i heard them down there howling the other day and and i swear it sounded like 10 or 15 of them back there yipping and carrying on in the woods and but you know in all actuality it's probably really more so only you know one or two coyotes just actually making that much racket but uh you know like that this time of the year uh it's kind of it's getting into dispersal time for your for your pups and stuff they're kind of going out on their own and figuring out where they exist in the world, I guess you would say. But, uh, 
Yeah, I would say more so during denning season is when you're going to see, you know, coyotes more so in a pack than anything. Uh, I would say the rest of the year is more so just, you know, them kind of doing their own thing and, and, you know, pairing up during mating season and stuff like that. But I would say a majority of the time it's just just a couple of coyotes together, not really a big pack. Yeah. I, yeah, I've always thought about that too. You know, every time you hear them, it sounds like it's probably 10 of them. But then when you, but when you see them, you only see one or two at a time. Um, but y'all also hunt uh, like other things. Y'all don't just hunt coyotes. I, I mean, I guess that's primarily what you'd hunt, but um, y'all pretty much hunt all predators, right? Yeah. Yeah, we do. And, and I mean, we, you know, we, we do kind of mostly stick to coyotes, but I mean, you know, it ain't, it ain't nothing for, if I know, you know, we're setting up on a property where, you know, I, I feel confident where we've seen bobcats or fox in the past, you know, it, it ain't nothing for me to break out the hand calls and, and try to call one of them in, but, you know, we do mostly stick to coyotes. Yeah. Now, now what you said, fox, now what, um, I don't think a lot of people see a fox as a predator, but they, I mean, I know they are. Um, what are some of the, I guess, um, damages that a fox can do? Uh, that you know, that's mostly just going to be your your small game, uh, rabbits, stuff like that. Uh, and I would probably say I would go out on a limb and say, you know, you you bullets and stuff like that when you got your little. You know, after you baby turkeys are hatching and stuff like that, uh, I would say that would be the, you know, majority of the extent of their damage is going to be your small game and, and you baby turkeys. And, you know, also, too, you know, like your, your chickens at your house, if you got chickens, foxes will get in there and uh, get your baby chickens. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's very rare that I see fox, though, and I, but I know – especially chickens. I know they're, they're real tough on chickens. Um, so, and going back to, going back to coyotes, like, um, I don't know if y'all heard um, the one episode that I did uh, where we talked to Mike Chamberlain about the coyotes and stuff, but um, do y'all, uh, how often, I don't know, y'all got to, y'all have to, I'm sure y'all hunt properties and kind of knock the coyotes back some and then hunt it again later on but how often do y'all see i guess a i guess what would you call it like a i guess a rotation like say if you went into a property and you think you pretty much got rid of most of them eventually they're going to come back but how often do you think or how soon do you think they do well you know and i think uh, i would uh, say that that's you know really depends on on the property itself you know how much food source is there for them there and and stuff like that uh because i you know i know a property that we have hunted probably one of the hardest properties that we've hunted uh you know we we've hit it pretty hard over the last few years and it's it's gotten now to where uh, i would say probably the last two years we hadn't we may have killed one or two coats and i would I would say that's because they, you know, we hadn't seen them come back in on this property, but 
you know, also, you know, is the food source there for them and, you know, is there a need or a want for the coyotes to, to be there? Uh, but, you know, I, I would say Justin can tell you that there's a, you know, one of the dairy farms that we hunt, you know, that I would say that there's a lot of food source there. So, I mean, they, they come back and we, you know, knock them down pretty heavy. And I would say, you know, within six months, you know, we'll get phone calls again. You know, they're starting to see them pretty regular again, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I would say that too. You know, we had, it's like Nathan had said, you know, we had hit that dairy farm uh, pretty hard in the past. Uh, not going to necessarily say we eased up off of it, but we kind of backed down because we thought we had killed the majority of them off. And uh, I actually got a phone call couple of weeks ago from the landowner who had said that he had seen a pair of coats out there so uh we're trying to go back and hunt it a little bit more now that they're starting to to see them more i kind of think that you know probably since with you know the september now i mean probably probably late march was probably the last that i remember killing a coyote out there you know seeing one out there and and even hearing from the property owners of them seeing one, probably been, you know, back in March. Hmm. Which I mean, that's that's probably like would that would would that still be considered, you know, then in season? I guess back basically right right around turkey season or right around time turkeys hatch. Yeah, I mean they they going to correspond with each other. I mean everything pretty much going to be having babies in spring and early summer. And that's going to be, you know, your coyotes, they're breeding in, in mid-January to February. is their breeding season. They're going to be dropping coyotes in, you know, April, May. That's when they're going to be dropping their uh, pups. So. so if somebody wanted to try to get rid of some coyotes on their property, that would be probably the – would you want to do it right then, or would you want to do it right before then? Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of like this. It, you know, if it, if you got you, your females, they're bred, and you're trapping or hunting, you know, whatever the case is for for however you want to control your predators. Uh, you know, if you if you're taking out your females that's bred or either just have have pups, I mean, you're taking out more than just that one coat. Uh, you know, you're, you're taking out that whole litter. So, you know, you're kind of getting more bang for your buck, I guess you would say. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you can you can have a greater impact doing it then. But, but I mean, it's – I kind of see what you – I kind of I kind of feel what you what – you, what you was thinking about saying. It's pretty much an all-year-round thing too, though. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, we're 12 months out of the year, you know, we're hunting – coyotes and you know trying to help all our landowners around here out and keeping all the coyotes knocked down for them 12 months out of the year so they ain't got no problems with them right right um do y'all do uh y'all do any kind of hog hunting yeah we, uh, you know we we trapping hogs and and hunting them at night uh and you know also during the daytime too with pigs because i mean you'll 
you'll see them out in your hay fields and stuff like that. Uh, once your grass starts getting big enough to, for the seed heads to come in, you know, from what I've seen, uh, you know, you'll you'll see a lot of activity out in your hay fields and stuff like that. Uh, and I mean, they they cause tremendous damage to you to your hay fields and stuff like that for farmers and, and you know even food plots for you know your deer and turkey hunters they're going to get in there and, and root them up and everything like that so uh, you know we do we do do a good i would say a good bit of hog hunting too uh, we uh we actually just killed a, a big boar over the weekend that was rooting up right in front of the one of the cabins on a property that we hunt uh, we had set up to try to call in a coyote and scanned across before we even got set up. Just as we was walking in, scanned across and saw that hog out there rooting up in the pasture. And so game plans changed for that. And, you know, we took off after him. But, uh, you know, I mean, right now in Troop County, uh, the hog population kind of seems, hang on say controlled but you know centralized to one location in troop county right? they're not as widespread as they are down south so they're not as common around here for people to see them but yeah we, we have knocked down our good share of hogs in the last six Seriously. seven years probably yeah, yeah I, I would say too i'd say that too i think i think it's more they're not really of huge problem anywhere I would say and just and like in Troop County but there's just like if you ever hear of anybody saying yeah I got hogs most of the time it seems like it's they got one or two or maybe five or six at the most um, and it just seems like it's kind of scattered but it's not like a you know it's not like they've got a huge infestation on any piece on any certain property yeah, well, I actually had a uh, a landowner who had told me he had been seeing them. So I went out and made a little bait site for the pigs, and uh, I had put a trail camera up. And it started out, you know, it took them a couple of days to get on it. And one pig turned into 15 pigs. So once I started getting pictures pretty regularly of that, uh, me and Nathan went in and out of that group, we probably shot five or six of them out of that group, you know, over a couple of days. Yeah. Do they – I, I would assume they're probably a little more skittish than anything. I think they're probably the most skittish out of everything, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, any little, any little twig snapping or, or any – any little bit of scent that they catch off of you, you know, they ain't going to hang around. They, they're going to get out of there pretty quickly. And, you know, it, even trying, you know, if you went in and, and hung a stand on a bait site to try to shoot one, I mean, you can just watch their, you know, just their stature about what, the way they come in. I mean, the whole time they, you know, they seem like something's already spooked them before they even get there. Yeah, they they always on the edge. Yeah. Yeah, uh Justin, uh, Justin Addison, he he shot that hog the other day, about a week week or so ago, and um, he told me he said, "Man, ever since I shot that hog, he said they ain't been back." <laughs> so, I guess they 
I guess they decided to move on somewhere else. <laughs> you know, and, and with them, you know, it, it's kind of they, – they're a rotation. You know, a pig, when he's feeding, he's going to walk a straight line. And, uh, you know, so you might see them in one area for a couple of days and then they're going to – you know, they're going to – feed on somewhere else and uh, just from what I would say we've seen over the last few years it's you got a group of pigs they might be on this property uh, this week and then next week you won't see them here but you know we'll get a call from the landowner right down the road and he's seeing them on his property and you get down there and kind of figure out the activity and they done moved on down the road and, but it kind of seems like you know they they're gonna hang around you creeks that so i mean they're gonna run them creek lines and so the pigs that we're seeing i mean you know they're staying within a couple mile radius i would say and you know they just make one big circle um going around to all the properties hmm. so how would you well not i won't i won't go that deep into it but i I'll say this, we got uh, Philip. he's got him a piece of property, and they, we don't know if it's hogs or if it's like a really big, souped-up armadillo. Um, <laughs> but there, there's always this, we saw it last year, and we, um, it's right beside, the, basically right beside a swamp, pretty much a swamp, and uh the it, I mean, it was tore up big holes and rooted up, and um, I mean, a couple of inches. Well, no, I won't say a couple of inches. Probably at least half a foot deep. You know, holes dug up, and we we put the camera up. We was at first, you know, we was thinking like, there's there's no way that this ain't a hog that's doing this, and it was pretty big spot, pretty big area. But we put the camera up. Never got a picture of a hog. Never got a picture of armadillo either. Um, just got pictures of deer. And then, uh, so we left that camera there, and it ended up. I think I think it ended up flooding one time last year, and it 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 the camera was done. But um, we we went back this year, and it's tore up again. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if it's hog or not. Well, being if it's right there around the swamp, uh, one detail you could, you know, try to pay attention to. I would, just going off what you said, I would, I would say that that's definitely a hog. But you know, one detail that you can pay attention to is that that hog. He's going to be, especially as hot as it is right now. He's going to be, you know, wallowing in some mud throughout the day and trying to keep cool. So you can look on the sides of trees and you know, about knee high and lower, you know, them hogs, they'll rub, they, they like rubbing on stuff. So, you know, you look on the sides of trees and they, you'll see little mud rubs and stuff like that. That's a, that's kind of a, a dead giveaway, you know, that there is hogs in there because I don't know of any other animal that, you know, would do that regularly. Yeah. I don't, I don't know of any other one that would do that either. Um, yeah, we'll just have to keep an eye on it. We we may put a we may put a camera back up in there and see, but I don't know. It it was it was really weird. If if it is if it is a hog, it's probably only one or two. I would figure if there was a bunch, then we would have done seen one by now because 
it's going on two or three years maybe that he's hunted that place so um but last year was the first year we'd ever seen it it wasn't it that all that activity wasn't really going on before then um so y'all what um y'all do trapping too oh i guess y'all do uh, for i guess you smaller predators yeah i mean but uh you know, me and my brother, we do that. Uh, he he does more so the, the trapping side of it. Uh, you know, we work with landowners to offer either, you know, either way, whether they want us to come in and trap it, if it'd be easier to trap it versus hunting. Uh, you know, so we do, we do, you know, some of that too. But uh, me and Justin, you know, we're not, we're not as big into that as, you know, the other half of it, he is, like I said, my brother, he, he more so handles all that stuff for us. So, so y'all more into just shooting and killing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we, we kind of, I would say me and my brother kind of figured out early on he was better at the trapping and I was better at the calling. So, so what, um, I'm pretty sure, you know, as long as y'all been doing this, um, Y'all probably got some crazy stories. Um, if y'all do, I guess, if y'all do, what's like the most crazy or most memorable story, I guess? Man, I know. I would say probably, I ain't going to necessarily say crazy, uh, but we had uh, one that I can recall being funny on my end, it probably wasn't too funny on Justin's end, but, Ooh. uh, you know, we had set up on a property and trying to call a coat and a bobcat come in across the little, uh, uh, road bed that we were sitting on in this timberland. And, uh, it went off the side and went up into some short pines and stuff. And we kept calling, but I kept seeing, you know, I, I kept catching glimpses of them in my thermal off to the side and stuff. And, we got done calling, and I, I told Justin, I said, all right, so let's pack it up, and, you know, we'll go on to the next set. And I'm sitting there getting my gun off tripod and everything, and he goes to walk down there to the call. And uh, so, of course, me being me, I, I turned the call up as loud as I could get it and uh, turned it on my cat screen about the time he reached down to pick it up. And uh, – I- he, he chumped my Fox Pro off into the side of the woods over there. And, you know, I'm glad they're as durable as they are. And I just, you know, I couldn't do nothing but sit there and laugh. And, you know, he, he gave me a few <laughs> words when he come back. But, uh, you know, we sit back and laugh about it now. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely, I'm going to say, one of the, in a way, the funny ones that we've had. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty funny, cause that uh, bobcat scream ain't ain't too quiet. Oh no, <laughs> pig squeal on them fox pros ain't too quiet either. Uh, <laughs> oh, was that what it was? Was a pig squeal? No, we that one actually come into play on a different deal. We we had pulled up on a piece of property and was gonna try to hunt it, but there was some 
some kids that was on a dirt road in front of the property and they was down there having you know just just being teenage you know just having a good old time down on the side of the dirt road so we uh we actually belly crawled down there once we got close to them belly crawled down there and put foxborough off on the edge of the ditch while they was all standing around the truck and uh i turned that big squeal on and boy them suckers they jumped in that truck and they skimped back they got out there <laughs> they, they went to the hurry. Uh, I find the old guy that was driving, he didn't know which way to go because when he first done it, he he threw the truck in reverse, started slowly backing up. Well, then it done it again, so he threw it in drive and just put his foot to the floorboard and hammered out. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's. I bet that was funny. Yeah, we, we got a good laugh on that one. Yeah. Um, now, speaking of that, that Fox Pro, like, I, which I mean, I guess it, it could be somewhat self-explanatory, I guess, but um, what are some of the, I guess, go-to calls, I guess, that you would use? To, like, say you're not seeing any coats and they're not coming, I guess, what would be the, what would kind of be the method of how you would go about running that call that that night well uh you know i mean i can't sit here and tell you that there's any any magic sequence of of sound that is going to call in a coyote uh i can just kind of tell you you know kind of what what i do and and what i found most successful is uh and i feel like anybody that that predator hunts will probably probably tell you the same thing and uh and I kind of, I kind of would relate it back to, you know, say uh, turkey hunting, for instance. If you're gonna go and call a turkey, you know, uh, but would, you know, you get out there and get set up. You don't want to just, you know, blast the sound on the fox pro, whether it's distress or howl or anything like that, wide open because you know they might be a coyote just 15, 20 yards inside the edge of your woods that you don't see, and you know you blast it wide open. You know he's gonna he's going to tear out and run the other way, you know, and get scared. I, I, just my experience with turkey hunting, you ain't going to – you wouldn't want to go out there, you know, turkey on the roost and just sit there and hammer on a box call right up under him or anything and, you know, as loud as you could get it and, and spook him off. So, um, but, you know, I, I would say just go out and start with a, a little soft distress sound, you know, real low and, uh, you know, run that for about – about three or five minutes and if you don't you know you ain't get nothing nothing close by response and i normally will go into a howl uh you know that that varies whether i do that with my mouth call or on the fox pro uh i'll normally howl and see if i get a response out of that uh 90 percent of the time uh i would say that if there's anything around, you're gonna you're going to uh, get a response on that now. Uh, and, and you know, I I will say uh, that uh, you know I would say a majority of the coyotes that that we see uh, they uh, they uh, will come in on that howl and and never even never even make a peep you know they might not respond back at all but 
Um, you know, we, we've killed more coyotes just off of a single howl than anything. But, uh, you know, if, if I don't get nothing off that howl, I will go into a, you know, a little bit louder distress sound and run that for a little while longer. Uh, you know, and then I might, if I ain't getting no, no response out of that, uh, you know, swapping up the sounds, going to a different sound, you know, whether that be going from a rabbit to a bird distress or, or even, you know, summertime when fawns are dropping, when fawn distress or something like that. Uh, you know, I typically kind of finish the stand up with going into uh, a fight sound between two coats uh, or even, you know, a pup distress. You know, I would say what I've kind of seen work the best was a soft distress sound, a howl, running into some more distress, and then, you know, kind of kind of finishing up with some more howls and fight sounds and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I kind of see that being successful year-round. But, I mean, I, I do – I change my calling up depending on the season too. Uh during January, February, I'm mostly going to be running vocals uh, because that's going to be when your coyotes are trying to pair up. And so, you know, they're going to be real vocal and, and and trying to pair up with each other. So I'm going to run a lot of vocals, you know, early, early first part of the year. Uh, you know, getting into pup season, you know, running more pup sounds and stuff like that. Uh, but, I mean, any time of the year, I've, I've seen rabbit distress, bird distress. You know, I've seen all that work. But, you know, I, I think a lot of people just kind of get the impression from watching uh, TV and Facebook videos, YouTube videos. You know, you just go out there and play a rabbit distress and a coyote's going to come in. And, and um, you know, that on all-time work, just running 30 minutes of rabbit distress ain't going to bring a coyote in. you got to kind of – you got to change it up on them. You got to paint a picture, so to speak. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I think, um, I do think they're a lot smarter than people give them credit for. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten pictures and I don't think it's, I don't think it's just because the coyote just wanted to come and eat some corn. Um, I think it's the fact that they know that deer come there a lot to eat. <laughs> but yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten pictures of coyotes just sitting down right in front of the camera just, and just sit there. Well, I mean, I, you know, I will say this about coyotes. You know, they, I have seen them, you know, from multiple people and just, you know, just talking to people all over the country. Uh, they hunt coyotes, you know. They do. They, you know, they they just like a deer. They they come to them feeders to feed. You know, that coyote eat just as much corn as that deer will. Just you yeah. know, what I've seen before. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've seen them eat corn. I didn't. I didn't know if they, you know, like prefer to eat it. But and, and I mean, like you said too. You know, you know, deer and, and what have you. Everything else is going to be there. You. you squirrels and stuff like that they're going to be coming down there to eat the, eat the corn too and that's a you know squirrels and rats and all that kind of stuff that's food source for coats so you know that yeah meal for them there too yeah um 
I know I've come across a bunch of them turkey hunting, and them jokers, they, uh, they, they, they'll try their best to sneak in there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I had, uh, I remember one time, man, I almost got one. I'm going to shot one coyote I was hunting, and I had my decoy set up in a little food plot, and he thought he was being slick, um, but I just happened to get lucky and catch him right as he was, you know, going across i think he thought he ain't been seen yet but uh had my decoy out there and i called a little bit and i was sitting there and i waited a while and i called again and i looked up the road bed the food plot was basically right in the middle of the road bed and i looked way up the road bed and i seen a, a coyote run across the road and i said ah i said you're gonna try to come down here this decoy <laughs> and uh so i called a little bit real soft and uh i could hear him walking through the woods and what he was trying to do was he he went down in the hole and he walked up the woods and tried to get closer to that decoy and so i went ahead and got set up and i could hear him walking and i i set my gun up and i had it pointed in the direction i thought he was gonna pop out and he got lucky and he had his, he popped his head up probably 20 yards to the left of where my gun was pointed. And as soon as his head popped out, man, he seen me and he took off. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, even even hunting at night, uh, you know, calling them in, it don't take nothing. Them suckers, they, you know, they'll be coming in. <clears throat> like a little thing that they, that they sense is wrong, you know, whether they – the moon's bright enough for them to see us if they're getting that close to us or, or whatever the case is, you know, them suckers, they'll turn and get out of there quick. Yeah. Um, so y'all, I mean, y'all kind of, I guess we, we're, we're coming up good on time here. Um, but y'all do all this stuff, you know, y'all hunt pretty much any kind of predator you could think of. If, if it needs to be taken out, y'all, will, y'all will take it out. Um, so I guess if uh, people want to get a hold of y'all I mean I guess that's kind of what y'all do you know y'all kind of help folks out and get rid of stuff um, if somebody wants to find y'all and get a hold of y'all how can they do that well they can uh, you know I mean they can get in touch with either one of us through our personal Facebook pages uh, or through the Peach State Predator Hunting page itself uh, and I mean I do have some cards, you know, whether it be at Tractor Supply or something, you know, just around town. Uh, I got cards with a phone number and stuff like that on there uh, that people can get in touch with us through. But the majority of the people that they get in touch with us is just through word of mouth. But, yeah, I mean, anytime anybody needs to get in touch with us, they can get in touch with us through our Facebook pages. Good deal. Y'all need to get y'all, uh, get y'all one, which, well... We were kind of talking about it, and well, I don't think I don't think hogs are bad enough yet for around here to do it. But I was gonna say, get y'all a helicopter and <laughs> fly in one of them helicopters, shoot some hogs. Yeah, that, that would be fun. But I mean, it's like you say, you know, population for them around here ain't really too much of a problem right now. Uh, I mean, between us trying to keep the population of the hogs down and a couple of other people around 
that I know and have talked to, they've been trying to help keep it down as well. Yeah, because that's the thing with a hog is, I mean, you, a sow, I mean, she can breed at eight months, and her first year she's going to only have that one litter. But after that, you know, she's popping out two litters a year of piglets. And, you know, so you got – with hogs, that's one thing. You got to stay on top of them to, to keep them knocked down. Uh, because, I mean, we've killed pigs before that had little piggies that were, you know, still to the age of nursing on them, and they already be bred and have another litter inside of them. Man. That's, uh, that ain't good there. Now, the uh, the pigs, they, they spread like wildfires. Uh, if you don't take care of that problem, they'll, they'll become a major issue on your land. It, yeah. it don't take no time for, you know, a group of less than 10 hogs to come in and root half your, uh, your hay field up in a night and, you know, just destroy it or, or your food plot or, or whatever, you know, just totally destroy it. And then you having to spend money. Uh, you know, to replant and fuel for your tractors and stuff like that to, to fix the land. And, you know, they just, they're a big issue when, whenever they get bad enough. And, you know, right now here in our area, we try to stay on them as, as much as we can and, and get on as many properties right here around where we know they're at to, to try to keep them knocked down as best we can. Yeah, that's, um, I heard, I can't remember which one of them, podcast it was but we kind of talked about one of the, it was one of the biologists and um it's pretty much what the conclusion came to is if you don't you know if you want deer and you want turkeys then you, you better make sure you don't have hogs oh yeah yeah because i mean you know even like that uh that little area that justin addison shot that hog in the other night or the other afternoon you know is you know, plenty of corn there and stuff like that for a bait site, but you ain't going to see no deer coming into it. I mean, you know, when the pigs are there, the deer ain't going to be there. And yeah, I've seen that, you know, and, and for the landowners around here, you know, they, they start saying they ain't seeing no deer and, and they started seeing hogs everywhere and they they never see the deer again until we get the hogs knocked down for them. And I, I actually had one uh guy that was hunting on a property and he saw two pigs that was probably uh you know 250 300 pounds and they were chasing full-grown deer through a swamp and you know i don't know where they was chasing them to try to take them down and eat them uh i ain't necessarily gonna say that or what but you know i i have had people tell me before that they you know see pig chasing the deer off yeah I wouldn't doubt it. And plus, you got a hog is 250, 300 pounds. That's, ooh, that's a heap of bacon right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of bacon. Do what? I say it's a lot of bacon and you can get a little bit of salt in there as well. That's right. That's right. Um, well, I guess we can go ahead and wrap it up here, fellas. I think uh, we pretty much hit on pretty much all we can think about. Um, Unless y'all y'all maybe y'all think of anything else that y'all might people might need to know or any good tip you got to throw out there or 
I mean, I, you know, I would probably somebody if they want to look into getting into predator hunting, whether it be, you know, going strictly after coyotes or, you know, or just all around predators, you know, I don't just jump in and fully invest, you know, every penny that you can to, to buy all the equipment that you can get to hunt them. I mean, I, you know, start small and make sure that that's something that you want to do because, you know, it does, it does get stressful trying to, trying to figure out how to call in a coat and, and all that. So, I mean, when we first started, you know, we was just using uh, red and green lights on a gun, trying to call them in like that. And, you know, we killed several coyotes like that. And we went from that and bought um, just a little inexpensive digital night vision. And uh, you can get the uh, ATN or Sightmark digital scopes for, you know, around seven or 800 bucks. And, you know, that's just, you know, a cheap way to get into night hunting for predators. And, uh, you know, we, we done that for a while and we migrated from that to, you know, using thermal and everything. So like I said, I just wouldn't, one thing I would say is, you know, don't just jump off and, and spend all your money to, to buy thermals and all that until you make sure that that's something that you really want to get into. And, you know, as far as brand names on calls or anything like that, I mean, there's a lot of good call companies out there, Fox Pro and Icotech and all that. But, you know, I'm not going to say that one's better than the other. Uh, I am partial to Fox Pro and, you know, so, and there is a lot of, a lot of aftermarket sounds that you can buy. Uh, Tony Tebby, uh, he uh, owns Predator University. He makes a lot of great sounds. And and James Bostock, he owns Boss Predator Acoustics. I mean, you know, they all make good sounds to put on your Fox Pro to have a, or, you know, whatever Predator call you got to have a little bit of extra sounds. But, uh, you know, the the best way to learn to call in a coat to, to get out and go with somebody, uh, you know, that can and just try to learn from them because that's what I had to do when, when I first started trying to do it and I had to go with somebody and let them show me how to do it. And from there, I just kind of went and, and talking to people and everything else, just kind of learn from us putting in field time, you know, how to do it. And, uh, because the code, I mean, they, they're a smart animal. They learn them sounds quickly. So if you're going out there every time and, playing 30 minutes of rabbit distress, you know, they're going to pick up on that and, and you ain't going to see one. So, Yeah, that's a lot of good stuff there. Well, fellas, I sure do appreciate y'all coming on here. Um, I learned a little bit. Yeah. I liked it. Yes. We're going to, you're going to have to get with us sometime, take you out and let you, you know, see it firsthand. Go out there and go hunting with us, and let's put you on some coyotes. Heck yeah, man! I, I've done it some. I've, I've, uh, I'm, I've, I mean, I've night hunted before coyotes several times. I just, I've never done it with the, with the thermal or night vision. I think that'd be pretty cool right there. Oh yeah, it's definitely a, a different ball game to go from, you know, running a spotlight or, or you know, light on your gun to, to stepping into the thermal game. So. Yeah, 
with the thermals, they can't hide from it. Uh, you're able to see a lot more than you can with just like Nathan said, you know, with a with a light. Right. But I mean, it's like he said, you know, we've kind of we started out small, and you know, we both upgraded and uh, to night visions, and then he upgraded to a thermal, and then here recently I had bought a handheld scanner thermal, and that's what. You know, that's what I use when we're going into a field. You know, I'll sit there and be scanning, just checking the field, making sure. Uh, it just kind of helps out. Yeah. Have Have y'all seen that? Uh, which I don't know. Y'all may have the thing that I'm thinking about, but it's a. I guess it's like a thermal scanner. Uh, I think they were kind of advertising it for to track deer with um i don't know i don't know what the name of it's called um but i saw that uh the guys on uh, jury outdoors they started using it i think this year or last year um it's from oh it's uh it's uh from uh i think it's leopold i think you're talking about that lto tracker i believe yeah, I think, I guess, I mean, I don't know, I guess it's something like that, but, um, but I think that it's made more for tracking deer, I would, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, that thing, it's going to pick up, you know, your, your infrared signal from your blood, stuff like that, you know, at, at a close range, but to go and look out across a field or something like that, uh, it's definitely going to be, going to be different than, you know, going with a a pulse or a FLIR or something like that. You know, an actual scope or handheld scanner that's that's made for that. Uh, you know, that that Louisville, it it does great for, like I said, what you were talking about for the tracking deer and stuff like that. But as far as looking long range with it, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't work as as well as far as looking out there long ways. Um, I think that's good, boys. I think we can uh, I think we can call that a podcast. All righty. Mm-hmm. I appreciate y'all getting on here with me. Oh yeah. I mean, anytime anybody's got any questions or or like I said earlier, wants to get in contact with us, I mean, either through our personal page or or through the Beach State Predator Hunt page or I mean, even getting in touch with you and, and you sending them our way, you know. Anytime anybody's got any questions, you know, we'll try to answer them the best we can. And you'll, and you'll come kill coyotes for them, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was glad to. <laughs> <laughs>